Cold calling sucks. Knocking on doors sucks. Talking to strangers sucks. Selling stuff the way you were taught to sell stuff absolutely sucks. Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Welcome to the Do This Sell More show. I'm your host, Dave Lorenzo. And today we have branding powerhouse, Deb Gabor with us. And Deb is a leading expert on brand disasters. She's the author of two best-selling books about branding. The titles of these books are Irrational Loyalty and Branding is Sex. Get your customers laid and sell the hell out of anything. She's been featured in USA Today and other major publications. Now, she's a displaced Midwesterner, and she currently lives in the very hip city of Austin. She travels all over the place. In fact, she just got in last night at midnight from New York to Austin. So I am honored and thrilled that Deb could be with us today. Good morning, Deb, and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be super fun, I can tell. Oh, it's going to be absolutely great for our audience because I spend so much of my time talking about how branding is for an entrepreneur a byproduct of just absolute value delivery and providing overwhelming service. I want to hear from you. I'm going to just dive right into it. And I want to hear from you about the velvet rope philosophy that you run your company by. And that is kind of the best sales advice you told me you've ever received. Talk about putting up a velvet rope and making sure that you deliver great service, but still being exclusive and still providing that aura, that mystique, the brand of exclusivity. Tell us all about that to get us started, and then we can get into sex and how we can all get laid more and all that great stuff. Right, great. Well, you know, nothing better than talking about sex first thing on a Friday morning, right? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, let's talk about the velvet rope, and the velvet rope doesn't really have anything to do with sex. I have this philosophy that if you aim at nothing, you will hit it with amazing accuracy 100% of the time, right? <laughs> and so your brand is something that gives you the target that you're shooting at. And the way that the philosophy that I use to develop a brand is basically this. It's identifying who is the singular customer who is most highly predictive of your success success. Who is your brand ultimately for? Who is that aspirational person that the brand is for, that the benefits of your company, your service, your product, whatever, are built for? And then you aim everything at that person. Your brand is about that person. It's not exclusively about you. And the way to figure out you know, what that brand is, is by asking these three magical questions, which are, what does it say about that ideal customer that they use this brand? So those are the self-expressive benefits of the brand, the things that we know about a person by the fact that they drive a Tesla or they drive a Mazda, right? What is the singular thing they get from your brand, which is truly like the one meaningful differentiator for the brand? Not all of the differentiators, but the one most meaningful differentiator. And here's a hint to everybody. It's never a feature. And the third question, which is the sex question, which is how do you make that person a hero in their own story? 
And so if you know like who is that ideal customer and ultimately how you raise their profile, how you help them on the path to self-actualization, how you help them tell a great story to other people, how you help them be a hero and help them be great, then you can point your brand directly at that person. And, and, and when I say put a velvet rope around it, basically what you're saying is we are the brand that is for this person who is already, let's say, excellence and success is the minimally acceptable standard for this person. I tell people all the time for our business, we only work with the best brands in the world or the companies that have a lot at stake and are willing to do the hard work to become the best brands in the world. And then they come to me and they say, I want that. Like, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm striving for. And, and generally in that process, I, I kind of qualify them on the basis of, do you have what it takes to be one of the best brands in the world? Because if you don't have what it takes to be one of the best brands in the world, then, then we can't really, we can't work with you. Your mission, your vision, your goals, uh, how hard you're willing to work needs to align with ours as a company. And when our values and beliefs are aligned as a company, then we can work together. But if I, if I broadcast my values and beliefs out there and say, we are, for, we are for brands who are willing to do not just the best they can, but whatever it takes to not just inch forward in front of their competition, but leapfrog their competition, can you be one of those brands? Are you willing to put in the hard work? And what I get from that is clients, potential clients saying like, yes, 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 I want that. So it's kind of like I'm saying no, unless you are one of these things. And so that's what I mean by that velvet rope philosophy. I kind of make it only available to those who are our best customers. And what that does is it creates desire in the minds of those, those prospects and those leads to us to want to become our best customers. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Now, here's one of the things that I hear all the time, and I'm wondering if you hear it uh, and we can talk about it. People try to be everything to everyone. Isn't it better? I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to ask a leading question, but isn't it better to be super focused on who your ideal client is, really to, to zero in on what attracts them, how you connect with them emotionally, how, that, how you can support those emotions with rational benefits down the road. Isn't it better to zero in on the perfect client rather than try and be broad and cast a wide net? Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, that's really kind of the, the key strategic underpinning to the philosophy that we use to build brands. And, and the idea of focusing everything on your best customer and building the brand for the best customer means that you're targeting everything at the customer who is most highly predictive of your success. They're your champion. They're going to buy from you again and again and again. They're going to recommend you. They're going to align with you like heart, mind, soul, and most importantly, wallet. And so if you build the brand for the best customer, then you start to see that in the wild, right? So we do an exercise called the ideal customer archetype exercise, which basically you can do it one of two ways. One is you can actually uh, get together with your, with your team and you can draw this customer. And for instance, if that customer is a really good listener, draw them with giant ears. If they have pots and pots of money at their beck and call, have them standing on a big pile of money. Um, for instance, the ideal customer for my core company is somebody who, if she doesn't have budget under her control, she can dig for more budget. So we drew the picture of her like holding a golden shovel, right? And uh, if you have a picture of this person and you name them and you can see them and it is a human being. So if you're like, 
let's say you're an entrepreneur and you're building a business that's selling to other businesses. Think about who is the human being inside of the company who is your ideal customer and figure out is your ideal customer the person who specifies the need, the person who researches and selects vendors, the person who approves the purchase, the person who's using it, who is the ideal customer? What's their job title? What's their day like? Is it a man or a woman? How old is that person? What kind of shoes do they wear? Like, are they wearing gym shoes to work or work boots? Are they wearing wingtips? Having that picture of who that individual person is and building the brand and the story around that helps you separate the wheat from the chaff, right? And so I always tell, I always tell our clients that if, you know, if you're doing business with your ideal customer, you are profitable, you are working smart, not too hard. Uh, in the case of my business, which is a services business, when we're working with a client who is not an ideal client, the people who work for me are crying and losing hair, right? <laughs> and so like being all things to all people, like again, it's back to that idea of like, if you don't have a target to shoot at, you're going you're gonna to miss with amazing accuracy, right? And so, so ideal customer is like the first place where it, it, it may feel constrictive, but it actually is really liberating for organizations to know this is ultimately who we are for. Because if you see customers who look like they're about 65 to 75 to 80% that profile, that's a really good prospect for you because ideally they are aspiring to be what your ideal customer is, right? And you can show them a path to get there. It's easy for you to surface a lot of pain for those people. You understand what their hopes, fears, dreams, desires are. You understand how to bond with them emotionally. And most importantly, you know how to elevate their self-concept and make them a hero. Being a hero means becoming your ideal customer. And that's, that's one of the best ways to leverage the power of strategic branding to aid in the selling process. And if you're in direct sales and you're listening to this today or you're watching us on YouTube, I'll tell you that this is incredibly important for you because if you're selling on a one-on-one -on -one, belly to belly basis, understanding who your ideal customer, your ideal client is and getting in their path is your job. That's your mission. So if you're a solopreneur or you're in a business that does $5 million in, in revenue and you think to yourself, well, this is great, but the, you know, the, this, these folks work with only big companies. This advice is incredibly valuable for you because getting inside the mind of your client is essential for developing a sales message, not just for developing a brand, knowing where they go and what they do helps you jump into their path and it makes sales that much easier. All right, so Deb, let's talk specifically about how you get inside the head of that ideal client. Where do you go? What do you do in order to make sure that you're, you're thinking the way they think and even more importantly, you're thinking about where they're going to go next or where they aspire to go? How do you get inside their head? So I, I like to talk about this condition called irrational loyalty. And the idea of irrational loyalty is like you are so bonded to a brand emotionally that you'd feel like you were cheating on it if you were to, if you were to use something else, right? I am irrationally loyal to Apple eye thingies as are many, many people in this world, right? When you know that there are other products out there, yeah, both of us, right? Uh, you know that there are other products out there that perform better, they're easier to get, they're certainly more available, they cost less, they, they're more durable, uh, you know, they don't have like a closed down ecosystem, et cetera, et cetera. You could go on and on and on and on. 
you know, where the functional benefits of other products, other services, other companies are far superior, yet we would feel like we were cheating on Apple were we to use something else. I tell the story all the time about Samsung came out with like a really great Android thing and it looked great. It was a Samsung Galaxy, whatever. I went to the store and I held it in my hand, right? And, and I was looking at it. It was far superior to my iPhone. And it certainly cost less than the iPhone 10. And, and yet I felt really, really dirty about it. And so like engendering <laughs> that feeling of irrational loyalty is available to any company. And, and really, if you think about making that emotional connection, because that's all emotional, right? That's the reason why things, I'm wearing Valentino shoes today, which are anything but comfortable, but they look really freaking awesome, right? You know, they're like, if, if I were all about functional benefits, I would be wearing, I would be wearing my Nike running shoes to work every single day, right? And so getting inside of people's heads and understanding how to engender that that category of irrational loyalty to you as a salesperson, as well as to your brand requires you to become part of your customer's self-concept. That means you need to understand everything about them. What is the hero story that they're trying to put together for them for their lives? So I honed my craft working with B2B technology companies. There is not a less sexy category in the world than like blade servers and workstations and, and <laughs> shit like that, right? And uh, you know, in order to in, in order to like really create something that wasn't based exclusively on feeds and, and speeds and bits and bytes and how many hops to a tier one network and all of that kind of stuff, we had to create a world in which we got very, very intimate with that ideal customer who was an IT buyer, who that IT buyer is not a nameless, faceless individual sitting behind a computer making purchases. That person is a human being. And he's a 42-year-old guy and he's got a family. And his hero story is that he's not getting calls in the middle of the night because his IT equipment is going down or because his CEO can't get on his email, right? And so, you know, getting inside his head, taking a walk in his shoes, understanding what his hero story is and aiming the message directly at how your brand helps that guy ascend his Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-actualization is really the key. That's the magic, you know, not selling him on features and benefits and what your product can do, but, and not even on how your product can make him feel, but how it makes him a better him is truly the key. And, and that's the key to irrational loyalty. That's why we are so strongly bonded to some products that we will buy them again and again and again, even when they disappoint us, right? Right. Because we have an emotional allegiance and connection to these brands. We, ha we have an alignment of our values and beliefs. And we truly believe that these brands can help us become the people that we want to become. I love it. So you brought up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I think I'm probably as big a psychology geek as you are. Before, uh, before we focus on helping our client be the best they can be, I, and I understand that we have to be aspirational. Do we need to make them feel like they're part of something, make them feel like they belong? I mean, obviously people who come to, uh, who, uh, who come to the people that you work with have some disposable income. So their, their need for security and their need for, uh, you know, physical well-being, those are all taken care of. But 
isn't there, I mean, because I feel personally like the reason that I went to a, a, an iPhone from a BlackBerry like 10 years ago was because I felt like I was missing out, right? I felt like I wasn't part of the, you know, of the cool crowd. And now because of the, but I, by the way, I still hate typing on my iPhone. I still miss my BlackBerry <laughs> keyboard, but I love all the other, you know, all the other features it comes with. And I love the fact that it's constantly evolving and every couple of years I get to be a part of the new technology and I feel like I'm part of something bigger than myself. How important is that when you're, uh, when you're creating a message or you're building a brand? So the thing is that everybody is like ascending this Maslow's hierarchy of needs and trying to get to this point of self-actualization. Um, you have to pass through this sort of like esteem and belongingness needs to get to self-actualization. And you can belong to a group by standing out, for instance, right? Um, oh, okay. the, the very interesting thing is like, I, I want to, I guess I want to caution people that you don't have to create community around your brand. You don't like, it may not be appropriate for your brand. Your brand may be all about making people the trailblazer or the front runner or someone who stands out. Um, so the, the Maslow's hierarchy kind of thing is, um, it, it's sort of a dangerous trap because we assume that we have to make people feel like they're part of a group. Really what it comes down to is understanding how, how do you, like how specifically do you make them feel like they belong? Do they belong to a group of pioneers? Do they belong uh, to a group okay. of the masses? And that all comes down to what is the specific role that your brand plays in a customer's life, right? If the customer is the hero, the hero gets a sidekick. Like, are you a caregiver? Are you, are you the outlaw? Are, are you the jester? Um, are you helping them connect with others? Are you helping them bring structure to the world? Like, if you like psychology, this is where you start to look at, like, the Jungian motivations for people. What's their primary underlying human motivation? And then what are they lacking in and how can you provide for them? So, so don't fall in the trap that you have to make everyone feel like they're part of a massive group. Understand what, what do they want to belong to? Because that belongingness can also come from intimacy with another person. They, you know, they, they don't necessarily, the, the right. trap of thinking you have to make everybody like belong to a group is that's when you dilute your brand and you become like an every person brand, right? Ah, your Folgers coffee your Folgers coffee, which like Folgers coffee, like year after year after year, they're going to sell like billions of pounds of coffee at a very low margin. Starbucks coffee, like you're all about, you know, elevating people's self-concept by giving them an indulgence and an experience. We overpay for Starbucks coffee, like to the tune of like, I don't know, five or 10 X, right? And the margins are much, much higher. As, as you appeal to people's hearts, and then when you appeal to their genitals, as Scott Galloway says in his book uh, called The Four, like as you move down the body and, and give people more of a reason to want to connect with other people, the margins get bigger. And so don't fall in the trap of like, oh, I have to create a community around, around my brand. Really the key is with Maslow's hierarchy, figure out how are you going to elevate their self-concept. Don't get stuck in the middle of the pyramid. Go to the top of the pyramid. Does that make sense? I love it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, so we're we're talking with Deb Gabor, and you can find out more about Deb, get her books, and and opt into her. Are you doing a weekly newsletter, a monthly newsletter? What do you do, Deb? 
I send out stuff roughly about once a week. The first week that you join, there's a couple things that happen. Uh, you get a welcome email. You get two gifts that week. One of those is this ideal customer exercise that I was talking about oh, earlier awesome. in the show. Uh, and another one of those is the brand archetypes cheat sheet where you can like look at that and try to figure out like, am I the hero? Am I the outlaw? Am I the caregiver? Because that opens up new conceptual territory for folks. So there's a couple different ways to opt into that. But then roughly once a week, you'll get some really valuable content and the opportunity. If you want to just connect with me for like a 15 minute consultation and, you know, tell me a story, ask for feedback, uh, show me something, whatever. I'm totally open to that for your, for your audience. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. So you can find all this at debgabor.com. We're going to put a link to this in the show notes. It's also going to be in the description on YouTube and it'll be on my website as well. So debgabor.com is where you can find all this stuff. I have one more question that I want to talk about the new book that you're, uh, that, that you've got. The, the last question is something that I am absolutely fascinated by, and I think it's probably more of a personal branding issue than a, than a big brand issue, and that is the notion, and it's kind of, kind of piggybacking on what we were just talking about, the notion of being a contrarian or, in some cases, just being a complete asshole. Like, there are people who are magnetic because they are such complete and total jerks. Mm-hmm. What What is the psychology of that and why does that work for some people as a personal brand? So, you know, that again is like somebody who really understands their ideal customer, right? They understand their ideal customer. They understand what appeals to their customer. Uh, being contrarian and maybe being like we, we talk about disruption, disruptors, mm-hmm. uh, outlaws, um, being irreverent and things like that. If that works for their audience and that draws to them people who you know feel maybe disenfranchised or feel like other people just get them, for instance, they're drawn to people like that. I, I'm working with somebody right now who has a very, very contrarian personal brand, like working on his personal brand with him and he's a media personality. Like that is part of his shtick if you will. He knows his audience really well. And what he knows is that his audience needs a big kick in the ass, right? And that uh, what he's trying to do is sort of stand out in a sea of sameness in a category where everybody else is a little bit soft and touchy-feely. And what he's trying to do is like go straight in and penetrate and, and grab the heart of people who really, really need what he has and their, and their values align. One of the things, and I wrote about this extensively in this new book, is, this is not a political statement at all, but Donald Trump, with the 2016 election and all the time leading up to it, and for the past two and a half years, has given us a masterclass in strategic branding. I agree. In terms of helping us understand how to connect with people in their hearts. Because those heart connections are so much stronger than the mind connections. This idea of irrational loyalty, we think about, you know, these people that we're attracted to who seem to be like complete assholes. Like, you know, there's a bunch of people that I follow on social media that I'm like, how does this guy get away with this? He is just a complete dick, right? But they have millions and millions and millions of followers and subscribers because obviously they've said something and they make people feel in a particular way like they're the hero and they elevate their self-concept, right? You know, sort of like, hey, I'm deserving of this. I'm entitled to this. Like whatever success you're bringing me, I'm going to get it to you in a way that all of these other things didn't work. It's like a depositioning 
and it works for some brands. I'm going to say it doesn't work for all brands because when brands behave in a way that is not in accordance with what their ideal customers expect of them, they screw up. Right. Right. And right. you know, and that, that's what causes the brand disasters. But in some cases it can totally work. Right. People who hire me and hire my company like I tell people this all the time, like I work in Austin, Texas in an area where there are a lot of companies located. You can't swing a cat over your head and not hit like 15 other companies and people who say they do exactly what I do. People come to me not because of what I do. They come to me because they want a kick in the ass and they actually want to do it right. They want to do it quickly. They want to do it in a strategic way that, that is attached to their business goals and their objectives. That means that sometimes like it's going to hurt. It's sort of the tough love style of branding right. versus the, like, I'm going to just take an order. So th does that answer the question pretty well? Yeah, it does. It really does. And it, ha it also, uh, you, you tell me, but I think it also has to be part of who you are, right? Oh, so yeah. if you're not a person who's capable of kicking somebody in the ass, you can't have the brand that, you, I mean, you can't fake that all the time. It's just not possible. So your brand has to be specifically who you are and resonate with the people who you're who are your ideal clients you have to be in their heads but being who you are has to be congruent with you know with what you're trying to do is that correct that is correct that's that's 100% correct it, it's all about authenticity right I mean, you've met me, we've been talking for 15, 20 minutes here, right? You, you don't know me that well, but, but I, am, I am showing up as myself right now. This is how I am every day. If I were sickeningly saccharine sweet to you and uh, I used passive language, that, that would be out of character for me, for what you know of me. And you have to be true to yourself. The same is true of your brand. The same is true in the selling process, right? Like I am at my core, a salesperson. Like that is my, my job all day long is what I'm doing. I'm selling myself. I'm selling my company, all that kind of stuff. In situations where I have had to mold myself or mold my company, mold my business, my offerings into something that I thought the customer expected, 100% of the time, I can say this with a very high degree of confidence, 100% of the time when I've had to like shave off the edges to make the puzzle piece fit, it has been a non-profitable, non-fun relationship it for everyone master. involved, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So authenticity. Yeah, authenticity yeah. is the key. If you're a really, really nice, sweet, down-to-earth person, don't use the F word, yeah. right? Exactly. If you are tough as nails and you are very direct and you want to speak directly to someone's heart and you want to like, I, the kinds of consultations I have with clients, I like want to reach out and grab them by the shoulders and shake them. Uh, there's a verbal sort of shaking up that I do. I like to surface a lot of pain and make you really uncomfortable. That's because that's who I am. And so make sure that when you build this brand, that you are aligned with that ideal customer, that you know how you make them a hero in their own story that you show up authentically, that you make and you keep a promise to them, and that you are consistently doing that, consistency and authenticity are like the, the number, number one and number two keys to like making sure you have brand success. Wonderful. This has been a branding clinic for your self-brand with Deb Gabor. Deb, what do you got? Can you show us the, show us the new book? You got it there, the cover yeah. or whatever? What, do you, what have you got? Sure. 
irrational loyalty. I love it. So those of you who are listening on iTunes, it is a beautiful orange cover, irrational loyalty, building a brand that I can't see. There's a reflection, building it's a brand that thrives, thrives in turbulent, in turbulent times. Awesome. Great subtitle. It is an orange cover with a, looks like a, a black lab on the, on the cover, right? And it gives you all the feels, right? Like there's yeah, nothing more irrationally loyal than your dog. Absolutely. Where can they, where can they get it? Is it, it's available on Amazon wherever books are sold, I'm assuming? Yep. It's available on Amazon wherever books are sold. I also have this book, Branding and Sex, Get Your Customer Laid and Sell the Hell Out of Anything, which this is a how-to book. Uh, Irrational Loyalty, really, like this is a book that wrote itself over the past couple of years. Like this is really about uh, brands that have stepped in it. Uh, crisis of culture, crisis of leadership, crisis of marketing, crisis of like not knowing what the actual F is going on in their world. Uh, and then, you know, why do some brands survive turbulence and why do some brands not? It really is about this brand foundation that we were talking about. And so I would love it if people would pick up a copy of my book. Wonderful. So everybody get a copy of, uh, of get, get both of Deb's books because who doesn't like sex? Who doesn't want to get laid? Come on. <laughs> get both of Deb's books, but even more important than that, go to debgabor.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. You'll also find a link on the, uh, on the YouTube channel right below the video. She's got free stuff for you. Everybody listening to this likes free stuff. I mean, that's why you're here because it's free. So go click the link, get the free stuff, if you have a company and you want to reposition your company, take take Deb up on her offer to connect with her. You saw all the value she just gave us in like 20 minutes. Can you imagine if you got a 15-minute personalized phone call with her? I want you to go there right now, debgabor.com. Sign up for the free stuff, buy the books, have more sex, have fun, get laid, do whatever you got to do, but Deb will help you do it in a way that is true to who you are. Deb, it has been such a pleasure meeting you and having you on today. I really appreciate you being with us, especially after getting in so late last night. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to continuing the conversation again down the road. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. And, and goodbye, everybody. And, and seriously, like, get in touch with me. I love it. All right. We'll see you back here next Thursday, folks, on the Do This, Sell More show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. And until next time, here's hoping you do this and sell more. Do this sell more. My name is Dave Lorenzo and my mission is to help you make a great living and live a great life. We'll see you right back here next Thursday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More.